And Jesus begins in Luke's account with what he's doing in this world. And we see in the Gospel of Luke and in the Acts of the Apostles, those who followed Jesus, they continue to do other works, in some cases more amazing works. <clears throat> but today you and I are learning how to pray this into reality. The Lord's Prayer is praying into reality the good news Jesus gave the world with his life and ministry. And this morning, we consider again the Lord's Prayer and, and what it means for us to pray it. We just heard again one of his disciples asking him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so Jesus began teaching a group of them. Apparently, one had come up with the idea, and there was an occasion when he gathered them all together, and, and then he, he began to speak. And when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. We said last week, this is about taking God's name seriously. We said last, last week that this is about honoring God's name. And as I've thought about it, I believe it's about understanding that God helps the world realize who Jesus is, who God is. That's no small task. In a real way, we're praying when we pray, hallowed be your name, it's about believing. And so we're praying, Abba, Father, Help the world to believe in you. And by the way, help me to believe in you. Help all of us believe in you. Hallowed be your name. But today we move on to the next petition. The second request, according to Luke, is also simple. Your kingdom come. Now that's not what we just prayed a minute ago. We prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And so when we pray the Lord's Prayer, our version is a bit elongated, and I've not exactly made a study to find out when the church lengthened it. These are different words, but it's the same idea. And, and so for a few moments, consider with me what we pray when we choose these words. According to Luke, Jesus said, your kingdom come. Now, two questions arise for me. What is God's kingdom anyway? And what are we praying for when we make this request? So let's go one question at a time. The Bible is God's love story with the world. It is a story of the coming kingdom of God. All of this is about the coming kingdom of God. When Abraham and Sarai, a couple in the Ur of the Chaldees, apparently heard God calling them, they responded with their lives, and they packed everything together, and they went out not knowing where they were going. And their response has come to be known as faith. And God led Abraham and Sarai, and eventually they became, uh, uh, they were Abram and Sarai, eventually they became Abram, Abraham and Sarah. And they were old. And yet God promised them a family line, and God promised them land, and God promised them that royalty would come from their family line. And they were curious about how is God going to do this? And so their experience in that journey, we've come to call faith. Now years pass, and I'm moving this story along very quickly. There came to be one named Moses who was in the land of Egypt, Israel had had to go to 
Egypt because there was famine in the Fertile Crescent. And God called out to Moses and called Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt where they were enslaved. And so, building on the faith of Abraham and of Moses' ancestors, Isaac and Jacob, he heard God's call. And he somehow was amazed in an amazing way to lead, along with his brother, Israel out of slavery and into the wilderness to a new life and hopefully to a new land. And along the way, they stopped at Mount Sinai and God gave Moses the law. The law became a way for this delivered nation to live. And so while Abraham seems to be someone who has given us faith or responded to God in faith, Moses was someone that was a mediator and enabled us to hear God's law. So Moses and Aaron and his brother and Miriam, his sister, and Joshua led the people of Israel through an amazing journey, in the, according to the book of Exodus, to the land of promise. And they, after many struggles and many battles and many adventures, began to set up life in the land of promise. And eventually, they wanted a king. And David, a very unlikely candidate, became king. David began to write the, the Psalter, write poetry, write words that enabled himself and others to learn how to worship God. But you know, David was a less than perfect person, and he fell. He failed. But God forgave him. And Israel began to learn not only how to, to believe and how to listen to the law and obey it and how to worship, but how to be forgiven and seek something better. Well, in time, Israel failed yet again. And God needed to send to them prophets, Amos and Micah and others, to call them with repentance back to a way of righteousness. Now, I'm telling you the story of the Old Testament, from Abraham all the way to the prophets. I'm building a kind of story. I'm reminding you of the story that is not mine or yours, but ours as the church. A story that comes out of God's Word. But the world needed something more. John Bright was a famous Old Testament professor at Union Seminary in Richmond for many years, and he wrote a book entitled, appropriately, The Kingdom of God. And he explained why Jesus came. And according to John Bright, he came to make real what the Old Testament hoped for, not to destroy it and replace it with a new and better faith. And John Bright wrote, Clearly, there is a new thing in the New Testament. And we are tempted to look for it in some new ethic, some new theology, or some new religion which is to be found there. But he says there is not new. There's a new agreement, but essentially it is the old, renewed, brought to life. And so if you and I read the Gospel of Luke, Jesus speaks of preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And that's a clue for you and me in praying this prayer. But it's here not only in the Gospels, it's also in the preaching of the New Testament. And this is what you and I learn. 
that the new age of God proclaimed by the prophets has begun. That the long-awaited Messiah has come. And this Messiah is Jesus who does mighty works. And he does them and he dies and rises according to the scriptures. And this Jesus has been exalted to the highest heaven and sit next to Almighty God. And from this place, he comes to teach and guide and heal and ultimately judge the world. And so, the message is here in the New Testament. It's here in the Gospel of Luke. Let all the world, let all people then make a decision about this new age through repentance and baptism for the remission of sin. So... The kingdom of God is the the rule and reign of God realized in Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is this love story made real by God in the Lord and Savior of the church. And, And the kingdom is near to you and me when we hear this news. When we come into a place like this and consider the possibility that this is something I can accept and believe and question and wonder about. And so Jesus grows up in Nazareth and has a ministry that communicates this truth to his people. And here it is. God's kingdom is here right now. And it is time for us to turn from our sin and believe this good news. Now, my friend who's driving all over the country, he didn't say this. The people that are into uh, simply being a success, they don't say this. But Jesus says this. And the church has said this. The church testifies to this good news, and our life as a church witnesses this good news. Now, others may have all kinds of ideas about what life is about, but what we read here and experience in the church is a life of faith and obedience and worship and service. And so when you and I pray, your kingdom come, we pray for ourselves. And we pray for this church and for the larger church and for the world. And we pray that increasingly we would realize and participate in this relationship God has with us in the world. And we pray we would learn and understand what God is asking of us. We pray we would be obedient to Jesus' way of loving God and loving our neighbors ourselves. So when we pray, your kingdom come... We are praying for Meadow Meadow Lake Church to realize and participate in this relationship with God. We are praying our church would learn and understand what God is asking of us. And we are praying that we would all be obedient to Jesus' way of loving God and loving our neighbors ourselves. When we pray, your kingdom come, we are praying for our world to realize and participate in this relationship with God. It doesn't always, but we're praying that it does. We're praying that our world would learn and understand what God is asking of all of us. We are praying that we would all be obedient to Jesus' way of loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. This morning, we read the story of Mary and Martha. It's a familiar story in the church. If you come to worship, you hear about Mary and Martha. And Mary, you remember, is the one who chooses not to help her sister prepare the house to get ready for Jesus and his disciples. Instead, she sits at Jesus' feet to hear what he has to say. And hearing what Jesus has to say enables her to understand the meaning of God's kingdom for her life. 
She hears things that she won't hear from her busy sister Martha in the kitchen. Hearing what Jesus has to say enables her to understand the meaning of God's kingdom for her world. Mary teaches you and me the importance of taking seriously Jesus' words. She makes them a priority. Just recently, the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to the Prime Minister of Ethiopia, Abi Ahmed. And this is what has been written about him. He was cited for his efforts to achieve peace and international cooperation for his decisive initiative to resolve the border conflict with neighboring Eritrea. Ethiopia, I didn't realize until I heard this on the radio, actually, has more than 700,000 registered refugees, one of the highest numbers in Africa. And Ethiopia, because of their prime minister, is creating programs to allow refugees to, to get better integrated into society. This includes allowing refugees to obtain work permits, offering access to primary education for children and anyone who needs it, obtaining driver's licenses and legally registering life events such as births and marriages. Now, the, the story of this is that you and I may not be prime ministers of a country like Ethiopia, but we can make life better for another human being, and so you are. In many ways, as a church, some of the things that Brandy was announcing this morning was showing to us ways we may make life better for another human being in this world. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are praying for ourselves and we're praying for others that we could be a friend, that we could be a good neighbor, that we could be a caring human being to someone who needs us right now, that we could be a witness for a life of compassion and care. And so Jesus teaches us to pray this morning, your kingdom come so that God's rule and reign may be realized in our lives and in the life of the world. I'm not sure what you believe your life is about, but when you and I pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray that God's rule and reign would be real for all of us. The Lord's Prayer makes this a priority. Amen. Let us pray.